Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trading moderately higher this morning. Seoul and Tokyo are both up about a quarter percent. Sydney is trading flat. Investors have their eyes on India this morning, where COVID-19 infections are on the rise. A slew of Chinese economic data is also due out in less than an hour. Beijing will be releasing the country's first quarter GDP and industrial production numbers. We're going to keep a lookout for that. In the meantime, joining me now to break down all the market action, and you know it's Friday when he has his uh, a glorious smile on his face. How you doing, Ryan Huang? I'm doing great. Happy Friday, Michelle. <laughs> and to you. The Dow Jones Industrial Average crossed the 34,000 mark for the first time overnight. The S&P 500, they hit, uh, hit a fresh record high as well. Now, two main factors seem to be driving the rally this week. Corporate earnings and economic news. In short, spending in the U.S. is up. Fewer Americans are losing their jobs and corporate profits are looking good. So let's take each of these in turn, starting with the economy, Ryan. The latest numbers show that retrenchments in the U.S. tumbled to their lowest level since the pandemic began. Bring us up to speed here. Yeah, I've got a couple of good, encouraging numbers on the data front. Coming through first, let's start with jobs. Initial jobless claims dropped to their lowest levels since March last year. 576,000, that is pretty much... The best reading since March last year, and it also beat consensus forecasts of around 710,000. So really showing how the labor market is starting to tighten and maybe a step closer, a bigger step closer to getting back to pre-COVID-19 levels. And if you look at retail sales numbers, that surged 9.8% in March, and that also beat forecasts of 6.1%, reflecting how consumers are spending and maybe partly due to the stimulus checks that have been going into their pockets in the past month. So we've got a couple of data points really pointing to how the economy could be in a better shape in months to come. On the corporate front, Citigroup and Bank of America are reporting strong earnings. BOA's profits doubled in the first quarter to more than $8 billion US dollars. Profits on Citigroup's stock trading desk helped it fly past analysts' expectations. Despite the good numbers, Citi has announced it is going to withdraw from consumer banking in 13 Asian countries. Is Singapore on that list? Well, Shansa is no. Um, so this is off the back of Jane Fraser taking the CEO seat in March last month. So pretty much a big shakeup. And what we have here is Citibank exiting 13 retail markets. So this includes big ones like Australia, India, China, and 10 other markets. Singapore will still be having a city presence. And this will actually see it as part of a greater strategy to focus on wealth management. So they've just launched the... Wealth Hub in Orchard Road. So that's part of the plans. So there will be four wealth centres that city will be focusing on. Singapore, London, the UAE and Hong Kong. So of course, city is also one of the largest foreign banks in Singapore. It hires around 8,500 people here. So you are looking at city continuing its presence and likely to um, commit more in time to come. But for the other 13 markets, it's outlined for a retail banking exit. Mm. Um, no time frame has been given yet, but I think it's a very, I guess, change of strategy that is now 
in line with what the new CEO is trying to activate after Citibank has been for many years lagging behind its peers. If we take a look at how investors are reacting to the bank results, despite the good numbers, shares of Citigroup and Bank of America both fell overnight. On CNBC, Jim Cramer says he thinks bank stocks are dirt cheap right now. So what do you think, Ryan? Do you agree? He does have a point. And if you look into what I've been getting in terms of the past year, bank shares have been on a huge run-up, partly due to the narrative around how the economy is bouncing back and investors are rotating away from growth to cyclicals like banks. So that's part of the reason for that run-up. And the big question that was in the air going into the earnings season was whether the numbers, the report cards for the quarter could live up to those expectations for valuations. And the answer is starting to come out. The answer is yes. In fact, it's so much so, it surpassed those expectations that now the share prices may need to catch up. So he's saying because of that, it might be a good opportunity to get in now while it's so-called relatively cheap. And of course, you've got the other tailwinds to look out for. It's just a matter of time before the economy bounces back. It's just a matter of time before interest rates go up. All that will be good news for banks. Now, we should note that not every US-listed company is reporting stellar earnings. Delta Airlines lost more than $1 billion US dollars in the first quarter, but even Delta is signaling that it could be back in the black this summer travel season. I want to bring the discussion back home now, where we have a fresh sign that the residential property market is flourishing. Private home sales jumped in March. Nearly 1,300 homes were sold. That's more than twice as many in February. So when you look at the latest numbers, Ryan, which trends stand out for you? Yeah, quite an impressive set of numbers for the property market, doubling in March to 1,296. And this is interesting because we've seen a lot of positive indicators around the property market in recent, well, actually the past year. It's been so resilient. Mm. And now looking at the core central region, that rose 42, that was actually um, an eight-year high uh, with 546 units sold. That is about 42% of the total. And we saw buyers going to more posh homes. So that was interesting as well, that they went into the smaller, lower price units. So if you look at the transactions in March, 44% went for units priced under $1.5 million, and then 33% for $1.5 million to $2 million and 23% for those above $2 million. So that reflects that investors are starting to pay more attention to the smaller quantum, and maybe that's attracting them. Also, what's interesting is the demographics. You've got more Singaporeans buying invest, uh, properties there, and that is showing how perhaps there's ample liquidity in the markets mm. among Singaporeans that they are trying to find well, pays to pocket. So it looks like property is one big place. Yep. So the core central region becoming increasingly popular. And one of the best-selling projects there was Midtown Modern over in Bugis. In less than two weeks, the developers sold two-thirds of the flats there. That is the best-selling project in the central core region since the pandemic began. All right, let's check in on local stocks right now. The Straits Times Index finished marginally higher yesterday at 31.84. Semcorp Industries was the best performer among the blue chips, Singapore Airlines, the worst. So how's the STI doing this morning? All right, quick check on the STI. We are just slightly above break even by 0.1%. And a snapshot 
at the STI 3188. And for the winners versus losers, we have slightly more in the green. And right atop is Singtel, 1.24%. You pointed out SIA among the top losers yesterday. It's bounced back for now, uh, 0.4% in the green. And that is pretty much the picture we have right now on SDI. Thank you very much, Ryan Wong. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.